I expect adversity to happen. Because if you don't expect adversity to happen, you're not going to grow no matter what space you're in. It's like, okay, when this happens, that means thank goodness it's here is because I can go and conquer that and I'll make it to the next level. Hey, this is Benjamin Dinkins, co-owner and co-founder of Assistagram. I'm also a consultant in the medical space, and I co-own a software development company in Beijing, China, and also in the United States. If you want to use your free time to start living a life by design, then you should be using a free time podcast with my good friend, Carl Sona, baby. (laughs) Deep down in your gut. You know there's more to life than waking up for school or work, going through the motions just to get by, and living for the weekend. But you're still scared and uncertain about what your true purpose in life is. Welcome to the Free Time Podcast, your very own community and virtual support group created to help you leverage your free time as a valuable asset so you can start to improve your mindset, learn self-empowerment skills, and ultimately find true fulfillment to move you towards the incredible life that was specifically created for you to live. This is more than a podcast dropping three episodes a week. This is a movement built around real people sharing real stories focused on helping you make the most of your life by becoming super intentional with your time. Brought to you by your host, Carl Sona. Now, before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a quick announcement. We're on a mission to build a movement here around the topics of self-empowerment, mental health, and personal fulfillment. These are all some really big topics that we all deal with as human beings, but also they're topics that will look a little different for each of us as individuals. And so I'd love to put a name with the face and learn more about who you are and where you are currently along your journey. So I'm super excited to announce that I'm offering free 15-minute Zoom phone calls with me in order for us to get better acquainted. If you're at all interested in this, please hit the link to my calendar in the show notes below to sign up for a time, and I'll see you there. Now, without further ado, let's jump into our episode today. Welcome back to another episode of the Free Time Podcast. And as always, thanks for tuning in and spending some time with me. I appreciate it, y'all. You know, this show, if you're new, is all about using time as an asset to really design a lifestyle that you actually want to live out. And today we're joined by a special guest who is a shining example of how that narrative can come true. Our guest today is Ben Dinkins. Ben is the head of business development at Assistagram, where he helps businesses and brands from all over the world amplify their message through Instagram, Facebook, and various media outlets. Still in his 20s, Ben has gotten his taste of what it's like to earn the first million, yet he continues to walk in humility and gratitude for all that his life continues to unfold. If you feel like you're knocking on a new season of your life and are being called to take over more ownership of your journey, then today's episode is just for you. Brother Ben, thanks for being here, man. Absolutely, man. Thank you for that intro, man. It's... It's always interesting when you hear people like kind of give you like a brief intro or you kind of get into stuff, man, is because like you don't you don't think about it on a daily basis. Um, but it's like the here to now the humility part comes out where it's like, I don't really want to talk about it. But no, it's about serving people <laughs> and having a good time. And dude, thank you. I'm so grateful for just having me on here to be able to add value to your audience. Anytime I say this every time I go from stage. I do not take it lightly because anytime you have a microphone, it doesn't have to be the microphone from your hand, but simply over a computer, 
you have access to the world. And so thank you so much for having me on here with your team. You got it, brother. You got it, man. The pleasure is all mine on this side, bro. You know, I don't know if I told you this. You and I just saw each other a few weeks ago here in Denver, man. You are definitely one of the sharpest, dressest men that I know that also is one of the most humble. And it's interesting to me because that dynamic can kind of be sort of counterintuitive. You know, you think or you look at somebody that's really well put together and there can be a script in your mind saying, oh man, like that yeah. person is superficial, they're shallow. But when I look at yeah. you from the outside looking in, man, it just flows. Like I can tell you're just being authentically you. And I know that a lot of people struggle with their identity at times, specifically oh. as it relates to things that are external of them, right? Like the cars, the flash, the this, the that, man. Like, I'm curious, bro, like what is your relationship with yourself? Like how do you self-identify, man? You know, to sort of put it another way, when you take that stage and the room's looking at you and you're looking out of the room, what is Ben's narrative up here in terms of how you present yourself, man? Because you're definitely so polished. That's a really good question is because it has a couple different layers to it. You know, before everything that I had going on or my consulting business and partnerships and like the social media space and all this, um, man, I had nothing. And so because of that growing up, like my mom taught me three things. And this like this is coming out in a new article in Entrepreneur Magazine coming up soon because like these three things I hold on to be true. She said, always look nice, be nice to people and meet a lot of them. And so as a young kid, like she just always said that to me. And so I have always take that into business relationships. And even when I didn't have anything, it was under the impression of, you always have to keep the mindset of somebody's going to see you for their first time. No matter what, you cannot change that. I do believe that you can continuously build relationships just because you weren't dressed one way, a particular type of way. But a lot of times, I want to make sure that nine times out of 10, that I am putting myself in the best position to win at that relationship. If it's on stage, if it's in person, or even if it was meeting my wife, I was super dressed up the first time. <laughs> oh my gosh. And she showed that up. Story. Like, <laughs> real. And like we were just going for a walk, but I'm like, man, I, my top is nice. And you know, booty. was yeah, it was iron to the Chris. She shows up. She's like, dude, we're just going for a walk around the lake, you know? Like, but kind of to really dig into that, there is a, a psyche piece of that, like mentally for me. It's because that's my comfort zone. And I think that we all develop a comfort zone. And I decided to develop a comfort zone. Like there are people that are living on this earth that have never seen me in sweatpants, but have known me for 15 years. There are people on this earth that know Benjamin to be like, I speak it, so I have to make sure I keep that. If I get an opportunity to walk into certain different types of rooms, I at least want to make sure that I'm the best dressed individual there. It's not anything to do with like flashiness. It's to do with being put together is because one of the things that I spoke about recently is that the successful people that I know, not success because somebody became a millionaire or a billionaire, people that have the mindset of actual true wealth, like a wealthy mindset, all of them in my circles, the mentors in my life, they all love comfortability. So when it comes down to it, people think that it's being comfortable in the clothes they wear. No, no, no. It's about, are they comfortable with you being around. Mm. And so that was huge for me. When I learned that lesson, I go, oh my gosh, because when you call their phone, they're going to remember who you were. And you want to make sure that it's a comfort feeling, not anything that causes any abrasion or friction. And so that's just how I live my life every single day. And for some people, it might be uncomfortable for them, but I built that to my comfort zone is because like now that's all I know. So like even in this hip new stage, like today, like 
I still keep all my sneakers clean and I still got some dirty ones like for my gym and stuff like that. But that's just kind of what I built myself into. Mm, that's fascinating, man. I, I love the principles that your mother instilled you, you know, in a very early age, they clearly have, have held on. And I, and I think they really lend themselves to your identity and how you've molded yourself today. Um, do you find that as a black man, everything you just said is even more important? Oh, given everything that's going on in this world and the disparity that exists sometimes for blacks versus their white counterparts? Oh, absolutely. And there's actually nothing wrong with that because one of the quotes that got brought up to me recently was one of my, um, I'm just big on mentorship and having people in your life that have succeeded in other areas that you haven't. And it was one of my um, personal mentors, his name is Timothy. I won't say his last name. He's just so private. Crazy, big money guy. He's just so private. <laughs> Timothy. I'm so grateful for him because he's like a, he's like the rich dad in my life. Like rich dad, poor dad, Robert Kiyosaki. Mm. He's one of those. Yeah. And so he speaks to me like I was one of his kids when it comes down to investment advice, just all these different things, even if I do a business deal with him. And we were talking about that. And so when it comes down to like that space of like, you know, black, whites and things like that, forget that he goes, Benjamin, look at history, always study history. And so in our world today, most people have like this congruent mindset and they're really hyper-focused on like this small period and like pace of time. But don't forget, we're just a couple of generations away from like slavery here in America. You know, there's some people still alive that they're parents or grandparents like they were involved in that space and so that means there are still people living that that's the only thing that they knew and it's nothing against anybody personally that's just all they knew over a period of time so us new generation like guys like you and I with our families we're still filtering through that and so in order to change that when you're meeting with people you're setting a new narrative and so when you set a new narrative I have been the first black person on some people's farms. A lot of people don't know this, but I still have, you know, through my Amway business, I still have a large business in the agriculture industry because I studied ecology and agriculture in college. I've been to some of these places in the middle of Iowa that they've literally been like, can we make you some fried chicken? Because that's all they know. Like, <laughs> and I can't, I can't get mad at them because like they, that's what they see on media and TV. So the new narrative for them is, wow, like I've never met someone like Benjamin. And I'm like, I'm not like an anomaly. There's plenty of me out there, even though I might be the only Benjamin. There's a lot of people that are successful mentally, that feel a certain way, that dress a certain different way. And so it is up to us to change that narrative. So instead of me taking the negative mindset and like charging for and doing things to create more friction, my thing is to seek understanding and just know that just because there's racism don't mean you engage in a particular type of way. It's training people's thoughts and you have to create decisions for them and they don't even know it because it's unconscious. Mm, man, that's spoken word right there, man. I love that. I, I love how you really wrap all that up in terms of narrative. I think that's a thing that a lot of folks aren't really cognizant of. I remember when I first moved to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, it was a culture shock for me. And, you know, I can identify with what you said. I, I was probably the first black person that a lot of people had in their home that wasn't a service person or a repair person or whatever the case may be. And so right around seventh grade, I realized that I had a new level of ownership now that I could take over to help these people see that black people aren't all about sagging pants or whatever some of the mm -hmm. stereotypes are that folks try to, mm -hmm. you know, or tend to typically hang on to, man. So I love how you talk about that, man. Um, I want to go back to you know, a year or so before your growth season. And when I say growth season, 
I talk about this window of time where you first got really intentional about seeking a new version of Benjamin Dinkins, man. You know, the growth season, it can be a challenging and lonely time. You know, a part of you is dying and you're reaching for a new part of you, but you don't really know where to reach, man. So can you talk to us about what that was like for you in the beginning? I know, I know you've been on this journey now about eight years or so, and there can be a lot of limiting beliefs and doubts and fears, man. Like, take us back to that time yeah, and walk us through that a little bit. It's actually so clear. I would never be able to forget it is because I reach into that at time because of storytelling. And um, it was interesting, man, because I am the same person now as I was then, because I believe that in life, everybody grows. But when it comes down to changing, like most people don't need to change a lot of things about themselves. Like for me, I knew that I had good attributes that were put into me. I just needed to grow as a human being, like, like big time. And so during that period of time, still dressed well. A lot of people don't know still to this day, like it is 2020 now. I have not bought new clothes or spent money until I can speak it. I know 2019 was my first time in years ever spending more money than, so it was my first time in years spending $180 or more on sneakers or shoes. Really? And so before that, a lot of people didn't know that all these nice clothes and stuff that I had, I was really good at, I can go get stuff tailored and I will go to Marshall's or I will go to Goodwill and all those suits, coats and all this stuff over a period of time that I'm speaking on all these stages. A lot of people didn't know that I paid a dollar and 50 cents for it. <laughs> and so that's why I'm the excuse remover for everybody in that window of time. Because if you really want something, dude, you'll go get it. Like, like if that vision is there and if it keeps you up and that has been there since the beginning. So taking it back now during that period of time for me, um, it was rough internally because I've always been good at like covering things up, not letting people know. Like I've been amazing at that as that's actually really bad. <laughs> and my wife had helped me with that is because I had to learn empathy. And that's something you and I have had a conversation right. about. And so during this period of time, I remember it was because I was just leaving corporate America. I worked in corporate America for about a year of my whole like entrepreneurial journey. And then during that window of time, because I was ready to go all in. And I remember it's one of the first time that you hit rock bottom in a place where like I had been promised some money and the people didn't get it to me. And that's when you learn in the business, not everybody has like the best interest for you. And just all these different things were kind of going on. And everybody thought I had all these different things going on. But at home, it was just like, I'm probably not going to make the bills this next month. Like, not I'm nowhere near it. And so during that period of time, I had to really get good at negotiating. I had to really get good at just doing anything and hustling and serving tables. And I started, I remember doing roofs on homes, doing siding on homes, doing construction and building retainer rolls, anything that I can do behind the scenes to like do something as I'm kind of furthering myself. And so this is where the thing was for me is I started having these mental games because I grew up with a mother. I love my mother. Like she's like top three most important women in my life because it's my grandmother, my wife, and then my mom. And I say that as because my mom has always been a hustler, go-getter. She helped me start my first business when I was 14 and I started helping paying bills. But the thing about my mom was the weakness that she had like this one weakness. There was only one. It was alcohol. And so I remember seeing that growing up. And so that was one of those things where even though I vowed to myself, oh, I won't go down that path. I went down that path and I started turning to like these liquid or like these substance. And I remember being on this deep hole because I've always been in good shape is because I've always been an athlete my whole entire life. It was one of the times where I remember I would be like drunk and still go for like a 
eight mile run. Wow. And that's just kind of shows you like where my mind was at. I'm just like, I was tearing my body down because I was so stressed out about keeping up with like this image that was out there because I care what everybody had going on. And I remember just laying on the floor one day and like this had went on for some time. And finally I was just like, I'm done with it. Like I'm done. I'm done with like, I had toxic relationships with women. I knew I shouldn't have been with because I was trying to fill a gap that didn't work. Like just all these different things going on in my life. And it got to the point where I'm like, you know what? I don't have to prove anything to anything to anybody, but I need to start focusing on Benjamin. Like I need to grow some type of selfishness. I'm not sending anybody any money because I ain't have any. I'm not trying to help this person. I need to help me. And so one of my best friends, man, one of the biggest things that he turned me on to was books. Man, I started reading. When it came down to knowledge, I just started consuming because my grandfather was the first entrepreneur that I saw was the actual success that I was close to. My grandfather has literature. He reads every single day and I would catch him reading. He reads so much. He consumes in order so he can give. And so I took that route. I just started reading everything that I can get hands on when it came down to developing myself because I knew that I was going to be a big business owner. And big business owners made those decisions before they were ever owning the big businesses. And that's what it looked like for for a period of time. I gave up alcohol for a bit until I told myself that I can actually control myself with what I was doing. And then in that period of time, I said, I need to take care of my health. I started because I like feeling and and looking good. You get it because you work out and take care of your body. I know you get that, Carl. And so for me, I was just like, health, wealth, love, and happiness, those are my buckets. I have to continuously and vigorously work on all those things. And so during that period of time for me, dealing with the substances and things like that, that was like the beginning before ever launching into the trajectory of where things are now. Mm. It's interesting how you went through that period of chaos and you were able to sort everything out, but you still had this unshaking belief that you were going to make it. I mean, I heard you say, I knew I was going to own a big company. Where does that knowingness come from? Is that just like a you know, there's no other options type mentality or where does that come from? Despite, you know, your external life at that point in time looking sort of chaotic and muddy. When it comes down to anything that I've ever heard or on different podcasts or movies and people talk about this from stage, like where the heck does that come from? Because like that it, like those that have it, like they go, how do you describe it? Dude, that's so tough. It's because like, yeah. and I'm really honest with people. I can tell childhood stories about, I love winning or, the feeling that I would get, or maybe things I pulled from like my father over a period of time. I think it was an accumulation over a period of time of personally, I like winning. And so winning to me, like the definition of winning to me is being able to give as much as possible without even taking a hit. And so what that looks like for me is because many people give different things. Many people give time, many people give money, people give like themselves to others in different places that are good and bad. But for me, I knew that I wanted to be the guy that like, I can bring my family together. And my friend and I sit down for coffee years ago, James and I, before we ever were there, we talk about like doing these trips with our families on the beach. Grandmother and mom aren't cooking like Thanksgiving dinner. We hire the people that come in and do those different things. And I'm like, nobody else is going to do that but me. And so it was just like this sense of being able to win on a higher level. And I saw people growing up that were winning too. And I knew they were doing something different and I had to do that because 
you know, they tell you don't burn bridges and stuff like that. I burned bridges earlier on where I'm like, I can't go back that way. And so for me, I had no other options but to win. <laughs> and because I'm just like, I saw people that were working corporate America jobs that are making $150,000 $150, a year or making, you know, $200,000 a year. And I'm like, I've always learned and I've heard it when I started reading and like kind of consuming that that's called being broke on a higher level. I wanted autonomy and control of my time and money. My grandfather, my parents didn't even make everything. My grandfather can make it to mm. any athletic event I had. And he also like, he always answered the phone whenever I would call him or needed him for something. And he was the only person that I knew that can do that. And I go, I want that. That's a piece of my dream. Mm. Man, I love how you put that together, man. It's just being broke on another level. And I think society spoon feeds us that that's the dream. And so many people for so long have uh, received that and held that as doctrine. Like that's been their their playbook to success, man. And that's where I was at up until about three years ago, man, when I started pulling in, you know, a decent chunk of change on an annual basis. And I was like, wait a minute, this is not adding up, right? And for me, man, like, Winning, being a first-generation immigrant um, um, son, for me, it's like being able to, like, you know, have my cup so overflown that I can fill up others, you know, my relatives back home. And even with making that decent chunk of change three years ago, I was like, wait, like, there's not enough to go around, so I must not be doing it, man. There's a cap. Yeah, exactly, man. And so you're right, man. Like, I've heard you mention books several times. I started reading a ton of books, man, and your mind starts to, like, unlock. It's almost like a game. Like, there's levels to this shit. You know, Drake said that, I think, man. (laughs) Yeah, man. And, like, once you taste it, like, you can't go back, right? You just can't. You're forever changed. Like, like your DNA is just like, it's just evolved. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so what people I think get stuck on sometimes is, you know, let's say they're at that point, man. And like, they're trying to, you know, take some action to figure out their winning strategy. Like everybody has their own winning strategy. You know, adversity is going to come, right? Like you might get knocked down a couple of times. And I think in your mind, it can be difficult in the beginning to differentiate or distinguish momentarily or sorry, a a moment of adversity that will pass versus your brain telling you, Hey, quit, go back home, go back where it's safe, where, you know, like, do you have a moment like that? And and if so, how do you still navigate adversity? I'm I'm sure you're still dealing with it to this day. Oh, absolutely. And if anybody challenges this thought, I'll I'll tell them to their face. They're not telling the truth. <laughs> You're going to always deal with that throughout your whole entire process of if, if somebody's on this podcast that wants to become an entrepreneur, that is an entrepreneur, even as an employee. And there are people out there that make tremendous good amount of money, but they're not happy. There are people out there that don't make as much. That so there's all these different spaces. So I get that. And so I'm speaking super high level now. Mm-hmm. Adversity is tough is because like I still deal with it during this day. I had this conversation with my week ago. I said, babe, I said, when I thought that I was making, you know, X amount of money, I thought that I'd be happier. And because you always hear like money can't buy you happiness is because when you hear that so much, we think about, okay, money can buy that process. Money can buy that feeling. That statement is not about that. It's about understanding kind of who you are. So when it comes up to the adversity and like system, like for me personally, it's the mindset and understanding of your expectation towards it. I expect adversity to happen. Because if you don't expect adversity to happen, you're not going to grow no matter what space you're in. It's like, okay, when this happens, that means thank goodness it's here is because I can go and conquer that and I'll make it to the next level. You know, when I always heard that 
you know, I took this to heart, like there's a devil on every level. And so most people would take that mindset and go, oh shoot, like, I'm not sure if I really want to go there. I'm like, bring that on is because my mindset is to, there's always a way to win and there's always a way out. It's about you figuring out what you want to do in that space is because just like we were just talking about here, man, it's a part of the journey because like people that can afford a $2 million home or a different classification of people that can afford a $25 million home. That is a huge gap. But in our world today, most people think that, oh, 2 million, 20 million, oh, it's like the same. We're in a very, very, very confused society when, you know what, numbers do matter, but numbers don't matter to the equation of you becoming. When you are becoming, it's the mindset of this, just like we were talking about. Your expectation towards the adversity, man, that's really big for me. It's because in each stage, I know we're going to get adversity. Adversity comes into, okay, how do we pay this? Adversity comes into, okay, like this issue popped up in a company. Do I need to deal with that and spend time with that? Or is that something where we're going to physically hire somebody out and they do that specific piece of the company? If we're going to take this company public over this next year, adversity is going to come there because we're going to have to learn a lot. We're going to have to put a lot of processes in place. And so I can either go into that mindset with, okay, this is going to be a headache or you know what? This is going to be a learning experience for me. And guess what? Nobody can take that away. And so it's the mindset going into like that adversity space. I don't know where it came from over a period of time with me kind of locking on to, sorry about that, locking on to like understanding that it comes with this territory, but that's just my view of the adversity space. We're all going to deal with it. It's how you choose to go into that battlefield because it's not going anywhere for any of us. Yeah, it's a constant. So I think that the more that we can reframe it, as you said, and learn to train with it, the more it works with us. It's really an opportunity to get better, you know? It's an opportunity to wake up every single day and see what you're truly made of and and see, like, the progress, too, man. I mean, like, there are things, like, podcasts, man. I mean, eight, nine months ago, you know, I'm not saying I'm where I want to be with this, but eight, nine months ago, I would have been tripping on my words a lot more than what I am now. I would have been fretting, like, you know what I mean? And it's just cool to be able to, like, reflect back on them and be like, wow, man, like, this is beautiful, man. I've this come a little way. Yeah, I've come yeah. a little way. And once you make a little um, headway, your mind starts to really focus on the possibilities of what more lies out there, mm. which is huge. That's you know what so I'm saying? Good. So, dude, um, what's your relationship with gratitude in your life? Ooh. Oh, man, that's that right there is really big is because and I can share this is because like so life happens fast. I think that I learned appreciation. My grandmother, when I was younger, she's hearing impaired. And so like, I watch how she watches the world. I have always done that. And my grandmother, my mom's side. And so one thing we will always do down in Florida, um, she loves going to the beach, but there's a section of one of the beaches down in South Florida where you can drive up to and you can see all the ships coming in, the cargo ships. And you can actually get really close because it's by the canal. And so Every time that she would go there, a lot of times I love going with her is because we get in her um, SUV, the music's off, the air conditioning's always just on like the right temperature, and she always keeps her car pristine clean. She goes there and she declutters her mind. And it's so wild for me is because like someone that can't hear, she goes there, she watches the ocean, the ship's coming in and out. And so I studied her for a period of time was because I like, I think about it to this day you learn to think. And so gratitude came from like, 
I'm able to hear perfectly. My eyes are well, like, you know, my body functions well, like the things that I have going on in my life. And so I saw all these different things growing up when it came down to, I've had the knives put to my throat. I've seen the guns pulled out. I've been in all that. I have plenty of people that aren't getting out of prison ever again their whole entire life. And I know people that have become, I've just seen it all. And so in this area of my life, it's like life happens quick. And so for me, Watching my grandmother, I learned how to slow down because I've always done things, everything so fast. Literally, my mom has said this a million times growing up. Benjamin, just slow down <laughs> everything. Hmm. And I take that really big. So gratitude for me, and especially in this area of life, is huge because growing up poor, like not necessarily know where all like the meals are going to come from, like being able to sit down now and order groceries from a phone or spend time with my wife or like not necessarily care about like a grocery bill because I'm such a simple guy, man. I appreciate like a hot shower. Like this is just me. Like this is one of those weird habits that some people have. I take four or five showers a day. Like it's my thinking time. And so, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I can do it, I'm, I'm happy when Dude, I can get like it's, more it's, than it's two showers. It's a thing. <laughs> and for me, like gratitude and grace has been such a big area of my life right now is because everything from the business partners that I've had in my life, and it's, it may not be for everybody, but I'm a praying individual. And so I understand that everything does happen for a reason. And I just don't believe in happenstance. And so for me, I have to work on that every single day is because like I was dealing with like some happiness issues over this past year where I'm just like, I was attaching my happiness to like the wrong places. And so I needed to start digging in a little bit further, even if it's in my meditation time of like being able to read a book because my eyes work well, being able to hear things because remember grandmother can't hear, but she was still declutter her mind, but she's so happy. So I'm like, I have all these examples. I still work on that to this day day man dude i love everything about that thank you so much that i needed to hear that man i struggle with slowing down and gotten better about it but it's still a daily battle so uh, i love the analogy uh with the story of grandma there man shout out to her hopefully she's well shout out to grandma man absolutely grandma's man. a g <laughs> well we're coming up on time man i just so appreciate your energy man and your gift of storytelling is huge i, I definitely know the audience is going to connect with this one because you have the ability to share a lesson that's personally impacted you through this art of story, man. So I want to commend you on that, man. But, you know, if you knew then what you now know, um, what would you leave the audience with this afternoon? Oh, man. That's, if I knew then what I know now. If I was, if I was yeah, and, and however you want like to take if that, If I was bro. literally sitting down in front of Benjamin five years ago, I would just literally yeah. tell him, keep going. Like, <laughs> dude, just keep yes. going. It's because most people like that I speak with, they look for like external reasons or resources to like speak to them. You got to get good with your self-talk. You can only win negative battles in your head when you physically speak to yourself. You can't think it. You have to say it. Like you have to speak it. Like I talk with my wife about this to this day. Just keep going and being able to tell yourself that like, it's simple, <laughs> but it's, it's needed on those lonely nights when you're crying in your pillow. <laughs> and, and that's okay. That's okay. Dust yourself off. Yeah. Go grab a shower. Go grab a hot shower. <laughs> and <Yeah>. keep going. <laughs> oh, Ben. 100% true. Like, I, uh, you're right on that. 
I love it, man. I love it, brother. Hey, I want to commend you, man, for being the type of an individual that knows that he's putting in the work towards building out that masterpiece of a life that you already have envisioned in your mind. And knowing you, man, I can't wait to get to know you more over the years. I just know that you're never going to be finished. You're never going to be complete working on yourself. And so that alone tells me that you just won't quit, man. And I think that's a that's a, a, a model and an example that many, many people can get a lot out of uh, by seeing, man. So pleasure's all mine, bro. Um, before we let you go, I want to pivot into the free time five. Five quick questions uh, to get to know you a little bit, you know, connect with you on a little bit more of a personal level. Sound good? Absolutely. Awesome, man. Uh, what's one habit you have that you're most proud of and why? Oh, man. The most, like the habit that I'm most proud of, that's really good because I'm an extremely habitual creature. Like, Big time. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so a lot of people don't know this, but even I don't care how much money I will ever make, um, unless like the cleaning lady or man gets it, because like my wife definitely, she's not with that. But like, when it comes down to my clothes, a lot of people don't think this detail, but like, I always set myself up when it comes down to I have the mindset of taking care of the person like behind you. Sometimes that person behind you might be you. So when it comes down to like my clothes, this is a weird thing, but like all my clothes have to be a certain different type of way because the mindset and it's just like my lifestyle of you never know when you might get a phone call that you might have to hop on a plane in two hours and be able to go. But also the mindset of like, once you declutter like your space, like it frees your mind. Like all my clothes are folded a particular type of way. Like everything in my closet, I can close my eyes. And I can go in my closet and I know I have taken away that mental fatigue about knowing where things are or what I need to wear because I know where everything is at. And so I have, that's a really big habit of mine, like finger spacing and all that, like extremely organizing the things that I'm in every single day. And most people speak to me about like my clothes and things like that. So that's a very big habit of mine when it comes down to how I fold my clothes. Nobody else literally does that but me. And so those are things that I know that I have ownership over and that they're going to be good when I see them is because I'm in them all the time because you hear from like the billionaires. A lot of them talk about like the fatigue, like they were like the same things over and over and over again. The reason why I don't have that issue is because I've created that habit of, I know where everything's at. Things are folded a particular type of way. And I don't think about how it's going to negatively affect me. I love it, man. Thank you for sharing that. That's definitely a different one. I wasn't expecting that out of you. (laughs) So that's super cool. That's super cool. Uh, I know you're extremely well-traveled favorite travel destination and why? Oh man, my number one spot, it, I don't care anywhere else ever on this earth. Like New Zealand is my number one spot. Like mm. New Zealand will always and always and always be my favorite and special pace, like place. The reason why is because one of my first trips out, um, I have always connected with like nature and like fishing and outdoors. And so I never forget. It was one of those late nights sitting outside the cabin on this private land. There's only about 10 of us on this land, many, many, many acres. And there isn't people for hundreds of miles. <laughs> and so watching the stars and then waking up the next morning, it's super quiet, having some brekkie, some breakfast and getting down in there before like literally almost nature wakes up and getting out there and catching the most beautiful fish and spending time around beautiful people. But then the Maori and like the native people and also New Zealanders, they're some of the most kind people that you will ever meet. I love that place. Oh, man. I'm sold. Julia and I were just talking about taking a month next year and going somewhere. And that came up. Ooh. That actually came up. So you Ooh. and I will talk hey, offline about that. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that offline. <laughs> um, one book that anybody in their growth season right now needs to check out per your recommendation. 
I'm going to preface this before I say it because everybody knows this book and I think they use this book for the wrong reasons. So mm. how to win friends and influence people. Dale Carnegie, mm-hmm. asterisk, like slash, dot, 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 exclamation. Pay attention to why I'm saying this. Most people read that book and they go, okay, I have to say a person's name. Hey, John. Hey, Craig. No, that book is about paying attention to what's most important to people storytelling, listening, not following all the guidelines. You have to lose a script as an entrepreneur and learn how to connect with people. Don't read that book because it can get you in like a a list mindset. Read that book to just connect with people. Please do. Please. (laughs) Oh my God, you cracked me up. I actually, I love that book. Thank you. Thank you for shouting that one out. And I completely agree with you, man. I think we get trapped up here, yeah. which is why people feel socially awkward. Yeah. It's like you, you missed everything that he said. <laughs> that book messed people up. I've seen it happen in person. I'll go, they read that book yesterday. I can tell. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, what empowering quote you want to leave with the audience? Oh, goodness gracious. Um, you know, it's funny you bring that up, man. Between the things that I write and even that I go over like on a daily basis, this is really big for me. I found this the other day, and it's, it's funny because I don't ever eat fortune cookies. I just don't like the taste. My wife loves those different things. And so I think this has been really pivotal for me this year. And so I'll break it down like this. Don't be afraid to lose something small when it comes down to chasing a new opportunity. Mm. Um, that was really big for me is because like we got to be able to expand our minds more. And if I didn't keep that mindset walking into this year, I would have missed out on some monumental deals for me, but also relationships. And so losing the small thing and having to understand that there's better things out there, you just got to go and get it. Mm. Before I get to this last question, man, where can people connect with you online, man? You're just such a boisterous character and you're so real and genuine. I just, yeah, I want to send people your way. That's absolutely good. Thank you for asking that. And so walking into August, actually, what I've done is um, I've disappeared for a while. I haven't posted very much of anything. I don't I haven't even used our company for any growth in any of my social media. <laughs> I had a meeting with my media team over this past week. They go, dude, you got to you got to get stuff out there. And so walking into August between news articles and Instagram, Facebook, and I was talking with the wife, we're probably going to start a YouTube channel here on our journey to Colorado. Um, but it's basic and it's simple. You can find me on all the mediums, but specifically Instagram and Facebook do hit me up. I'm the type of person that I'll get to you. Like I will write it down or get to a person I always do. It's just Benjamin Dinkins. You all can find it in the footnotes of like the, um, of this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. We will definitely have that hyperlinked here in the show notes, man. And last but not least, bro, I'm big on visualization. I know that you are as well. So I'm your audience today. I'm your witness today. Where are you at in the next six to nine months? Oh, the next six to nine months. Plain and simple for me because I've been sleeping on it. I got, I literally, most people don't know the story, but we just came out, came from um, Colorado recently looking at some places and land and things and such too. The place that we found that I really like that I think that'd be monumental for like our network marketing company, for our friends, our business partners, our family that can come and they will actually feel like at home when they're there with us and just away and just feel like something comes off of their shoulder. I literally got out of the vehicle. I went on the top of the hill. I picked up the dirt and I put it in a bag and I brought it home with me. I pray over it, speak it, and I also have my pamphlet. So I know that we'll start building that home here over the next six months. And then um, outside of that, one of the biggest things is like business. I have some goals that I want to hit. And so now that we're in July, walking into August, 
on my board. It is a huge, is it, it can really happen. And I know that because I'm just a numbers guy. I want to do a hundred million dollars worth of business in one of my companies. It is going to be a haul, but I, you know what? The vision came up. So I know it's there. We got some work to do, but that's what it looks like. Man, I know that scares you, man. And that's, that, that's a great indicator that you're on the right, the right path. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. Man, bro, I cannot wait to see that come to fruition, man. My man, thank you so much for being here, Ben. No, absolute call. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, yesterday is gone and tomorrow is not promised. So there's no better time than the present to get into the arena of your life and to start moving towards your purpose and potential. Peace. Hey, I want to personally thank you again for tuning in. At the end of the day, I really do believe that we're all in this game of life to help one another out. And that the best way we can do this is through sharing our stories more openly and honestly. And so, if you like the show, please take a quick minute to leave us a rating, drop us a review, and subscribe for more. Also, I'd love to get to know you a little bit better and hear your story. Please head over to carlsona.com slash chat. That's Carl with a K. S-O-N-A dot com slash chat to book a 15 minute free Zoom call with me and I can't wait to see you there.